गाइस एंड वेलकम टू द न्यू पॉडकास्ट ऑफ डिजिटल माइक्रोप्रेन्योर दिस इज अ पॉडकास्ट वेयर आई टॉक टू पीपल हु हैव बीन इनटू एंटरप्रेन्योरशिप पीपल हु हैव स्टार्टेड ब्रांड्स पीपल हु हैव टेकन द वे एंड दे हैव गॉट देयर इनटू देयर ओन बिजनेस एंड टुडे वी हैव अ वेरी स्पेशल गेस्ट राजेंद्र कलूर विद अस राजेंद्र आई नो राजेंद्र फ्रॉम ऑलमोस्ट अ ईयर नाउ एंड व्हेन आई अप्रोच्ड हिम ऑन लिंक्डइन ही वाज काइंड इनफ टू कम ऑन दिस podcast and give us his precious time so welcome rajinder yeah thank you abhishek uh, it feels great to be here and uh, you know talking to your audience great 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 so uh, rajinder why don't you give us uh, uh, a brief introduction about you and when i say a brief introduction i i ask all my guests to start from the start so maybe if you can take us through your journey from school college how you got into entrepreneurship what all you did and uh, feel free to as much bollywood masala if you want to add in because that's what we all remember at the end of the day the stories and the struggles which which you want to sh- share with us as well yeah thanks abhishek but uh, you know i like a bollywood pot boiler which keeps the audience engrossed i don't know whether my story would uh, be that interesting but yeah i would uh, uh, you know um, uh, see you, uh, you know how far i can make your audience uh, interested in my story so like here it goes so uh, since you wanted it from the beginning so let's um, uh, you know start from the beginning itself uh, from the school days uh, actually school days have, were nothing uh, remarkable for me i was a you know fairly average student in that sense but uh, if you um, uh, want me to describe myself i was a little withdrawn maybe uh, introverted uh, during school days uh, um uh, you know uh, and uh, you know was uh, really uh, uh, largely um, uh, left to myself in that sense mm-hmm. i had a few friends and uh, you know uh, and many of them of course uh, i'm still in touch so uh, that way that's fine so in a school uh, basically i think uh, largely you know um, we come from a very uh, middle class kind of a family so obviously studies were important but i wasn't that brilliant uh, to be among the toppers or so i was um, you know um, interested in um, in uh, sports of course and uh, academics but uh, yeah i mean a fairly middle of the road kind of a performance i would say but yeah if you are thinking what would be the you know uh, take away from my school well i mean i, I was always interested in uh, uh, you know um, something about the world uh, discovering um, uh, about the world learning about the world so i used to read uh, in fact i started reading out to my great grandfather uh, oh. the, the newspapers because uh, due to his old age he couldn't uh, really see and uh, you know i had the privilege of reading the papers so from there on and uh, partly because i come also from a journalistic background from the maternal side uh, you know uh, i used to read uh, heaps of papers and that way i was externally very aware Uh, but um, having said that it's only in the college that i think you know part of these uh, talent of being very highly aware about uh, you know um, uh, uh, current affairs uh, news um, uh, then history then uh, geography etc really came into the own in uh, college where mm. i became uh, you know a kind of an intercollege quiz uh, champion as well as i used to uh you know win um, quite a bit in the debating um, championship as well so in that sense uh, you know really i turned from um, uh, highly introverted uh, in school to maybe uh, again you know little bit of an extrovert in the college uh, used to represent the college in various championships and uh, you know debating and quizzing uh, across various cities i used to travel so that's uh, really there 
so i if you ask me i came into my own in the college days but um, but then i didn't really pursue beyond my graduation which i uh, you know i had a uh, honors in economics uh, and um, uh, much in terms of uh, the studies because uh, by then uh, my dad retired and i had to get into uh, work because i had two younger brothers as well who were into the studies and they need to complete Mm-hmm. so the uh, i joined a gic um, you know by general insurance corporation i gave an exam and i kind of uh, got through it so i joined as a clerk in uh, in a small town called jajpur road in orissa mm-hmm. uh, which had a certain degree of uh, you know it's a chrome kind of a um, uh, ore kind of producing region so we had this insurance company which i joined it was a kind of a new setup it was a new office and uh, for me it gave me a lot of freedom and um, uh, to explore and a great degree of flexibility to um, learn about the uh, underwriting and the insurance business as a whole then um, you know within a year and perhaps you know it's a record in the public sector uh, um, uh, insurance companies those days i got promoted to the class 1 officer um, assistant administrative officer so normally these kind of um, you know are very rare in the public sector that you get promoted within one year that to mm. a class one officer but um, there was this uh, uh, you know opportunity because uh, there was one scope where very rare uh, people of uh, you know um, uh, whom they identify as a kind of uh, uh, in terms of competency etc they give a scope to immediately become class one officers so i got it within one year and i was supposed to Uh, again, a coastal town on bordering Andhra and Orissa called Barampur, and mm-hmm. uh, which gave me a lot of um, uh, you know uh, learnings in terms of people management skills as well as turning around uh, um, uh, almost a sick branch into one of the most uh, highly productive branches, etc. So that uh, within that, in fact, I was just twenty-two at that point in time. Mm-hmm. So within that short span of time, I learned quite a bit. and of course the hard way it's not that you know it's just my talents or something that uh, suddenly uh, got harnessed and uh, i could uh, manage to show these results in fact i'll tell you uh, you know this is a branch which was a relatively old branch uh, the average age itself is old the branch manager was almost nearing retirement so oh, obviously mm-hmm. there's not much of incentive to do much when you are uh, nearing retirement um, mm. and uh, the people also were highly unionized as you know you know it's a public sector and mm. those days clearly with um, you know uh, the you know the liberalization has just started the narsimha rao manmohan singh reforms came in and uh, insurance companies i think um, the government was eyeing to privatize them or allow private entities but there was a lot of uh, um, uh, union opposition to it and um, you know because the staff was unionized the very first day and that's what i learned about you know not trying to bring change the day you uh, join a company because uh, you know it tends to be unpopular you have to align yourself to the vision and uh, also understand the relative strengths and uh, weaknesses of the um, uh, team first and then uh, maybe you know win over them through your own work and uh, win them and then earn their confidence and trust that's when you really uh, bring about change and when i did that when i really expressed myself uh, you know i was a brash young 22 at that point in time mm-hmm. given to voicing my views and uh, so i was almost uh, get out by that uh, unionized um, uh, staff and uh, wasn't allowed to um, uh, go out till about 8:39 uh, you know but, and uh, so that was my first day yeah, i mean imagine that mm-hmm. so uh, after that you know i realized you know anyway i have to work there so uh, the you know i then uh, work uh, 
in terms of winning over the confidence of the teams uh, help them really you know work the cold face as you call it work with them alongside them so by the time i um, was ready to move out of the branch that was in 93 Um, uh, you know, uh, in fact, uh, uh, the team was uh, uh, almost so very, um, yeah, you know, uh, uh, close to me that uh, they all came to really leave me um, uh, and say goodbye at the station itself. So imagine these twenty hostile people on the first day, on my last day, were actually, going, you know, coming to the station to bid me goodbye. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, it was a pretty warm um, uh, farewell, I would say. Uh, mm-hmm. The reason I left at that point in time was because. Um, i decided to join the asset management company sebi had come into its own it um, uh, you know uh, welcomed the uh, private um, uh, asset management companies at that point in time and gic asset management company started a joint venture with soros uh, george soros uh, uh, firm called quantum fund management and uh, i found that uh, you know with all these changes coming in into india uh, that uh, this mm-hmm. is kind of a uh, fresh uh, opportunity and there will be a lot of uh, growth opportunities in the capital market so that and then you know it all it would also help me learn about the stock exchanges uh, and the capital markets uh, you know which i had no clue about so that uh, was a great uh, i would say decision at that point in time fairly fairly early but uh, it gave me i think the entire uh, career growth after that in a sense that uh, i moved to uh, prudential icici uh, dsp merrill lynch uh, i got really uh, to work with uh, Uh, not only that in most of the businesses i was working uh, to establish um, a new firm or a new entity or even restructure an existing firm and uh, completely um, you know overwhelmed uh, overhaul the uh, business model etc so there was a fair degree of uh, i would say freedom flexibility and the and also um, uh, you know um, gave me um, uh, you know pro by the time i was uh, 32 or so i was part of the senior management in prudential icsa which soon became one of the largest asset management companies even during our time so you know bearing i think uh, uti so at that time at uh, that point in time so then after that i took a sabbatical the largely because i think um, it was you know uh, the way i was working and uh, uh, growing so rapidly by 32 that uh, there was a lot of stress that took a toll in fact uh, my sugar levels hit almost 300 i was almost traveling um, uh, three weeks uh, a month and uh, so i then said let me pause i was by then already about uh, uh 10 uh, 10 to 11 years into the job i mm. said let me take a break here and uh, i wanted enough at that point in time so that's the time i said uh, let me go back to studies i went to uk did my mba from cranfield school of management mm. and um, then came back um, you know helped uh, um, uh, you know a couple of friends of mine to set up a company which you would be very familiar now Uh, and it was a leading wealth management company in the south um, until it got acquired uh, two years back by india infoline called mm-hmm. wealth advisors india mm-hmm. and i established their bangalore operations but i did work very long for there though you know the uh, uh, there was uh, you know uh, if i had uh, continued also in fact uh, the partners would have uh, welcomed me but i moved out and uh, joined um, uh, a dutch bank called abn amro bank as head of uh, investment uh, um advisory and uh, uh, products uh, also looking after the client portfolio management at that point in time uh, so again you know coming back to really the mnc uh, bank and uh, um, and then you know looking at advisory and client portfolio management uh, give me a fair bit of i would say um uh, understanding of uh, the way you know uh, 
the model in uh, banks for insurance investment uh, uh, advisory is and of course uh, you know i realize that there's a lot of improvement that requires because many people go in terms of uh, selling a product or hustling a product but uh, clearly in investments uh, you need to look at um, from a client's end approach the client as a fiduciary and see that uh, whatever you recommend is um, uh, you know basis the suitability for the client so these are some of the stuff that we uh, i could get to implement and that's mm. again the greatness about that bank is it allowed that freedom to help uh, you know um, uh, change from a product centric model to a client centric model Mm. but um uh, abn amro at that point in time globally was also uh, undergoing uh, uh, some kind of a change it uh, in management uh, it got sold to three different entities uh, rbs uh, uh, you know the bnp and banco santander and uh, the division the retail uh, consumer division in india was acquired by royal bank of scotland and then this was very near to the peak of the global financial crisis and uh, as you know you know the rbs itself went into a turmoil and uh, uh it was uh, eventually acquired by uk and then the government of uk mandated that uh, most of the business overseas businesses of rbs needs to be unowned and that's the time i um, reflected and said why not uh, uh you know i start a venture rather than joining uh, any other bank at that point in time so that's when a client of mine introduced me to utpal shet and uh, uh, who was the ceo of uh, rare enterprises and uh, then we set up the trust plutus uh, um wealth managers india private limited and oh. this was also the one of the first corporates which acquired uh, uh, a uh, you know a registered investment advisor license uh, you know when sebi came uh, with those regulations in 2013 oh. this was really something which uh, allowed me the freedom to um, make the model the way uh, i saw it as part of a client centric model so we uh, introduced certain new practices like we were the first ones to have uh, an advisory board uh, you know which was independent of the management or the board of the company uh, you know which used to uh, the advisory team used to report to the advisory board in terms of um, uh, you know getting a house view or asset allocation and product approvals so clearly you know um, uh, we tried to be as much a fiduciary as we um, uh, you know um, uh, as we could and um, given the constraints in the market and i think uh, that was a largely successful uh, kind of an entity a boutique uh, wealth management uh, doing well in terms of uh, acquiring clients and retaining them and uh, almost uh, uh, whichever clients we onboarded uh, we uh, eventually managed uh, almost uh, the comp- their complete assets so that was a um, uh, great learning and of course there were challenges because at that point in time the uh, most of the business models were undergoing a change sebi was you know um, uh, Uh, getting in regulations pretty fast and we have to be very agile and firm in terms of adapting and thankfully ours was a pretty futuristic model in that sense so we didn't struggle so that uh, really the, the way we kind of modeled the uh, business i think really helped us sustain it we grew i think by the time i left um, in 2018 march um, yeah, we grew to uh, almost a billion from scratch in 2010 oh. so that was um, uh, pre- uh, with about uh, 200 client families so that was um, clearly i would say that um, high point and i uh, left at a point where the investor was getting confidence in investing uh, more money into that business but um, i felt that uh, you know the uh, more we scale it up the less uh, closer we will be to the clients and hence i decided to separate at that point in time uh, so what keeps me busy now 
is in terms of uh, really, you know, I'm on the board of CFS Society India in charge of uh, research and advocacy committee that uh, handles, uh, you know, that looks after um, uh, the various, uh, um, uh, various, I think, initiatives related to market integrity and raising the financial standards. So uh, last year, you know, when I met you, it was during uh, one such initiative of uh, prom promoting or provocating financial literacy across India, where we did a, you know, cycle yatra uh, across the Western corridor of India to promote the financial literacy to mm. the underprivileged and uh, deprived uh, parts of the population. So that's uh, really it. And the other ones is, you know, I really um, do a lot of pro bono in terms of uh, coaching or mentoring and as well as, um, you know, financial education across uh, um, various uh, streams. So that's really uh, uh, what I do now. Yeah. Great. I mean, it's a, such an interesting journey. And I think it, it was a good decision to ask you from starting. So you spoke about all the challenges which you faced uh, and, you know, how a young boy who was just 22 years old and how he grew into, into such a financial wizard. So, uh, uh, talking uh, about my next question, uh, Rajinder, a lot of people don't understand finance, don't, they don't understand financial literacy. So if you have to explain what you do in, in just 30 words to an eight year old kid, how will you explain it to them? I'm not sure about uh, eight year old <laughs> kid, uh, you know, it's really, as I, I think, you know, I remember a famous saying by Einstein that, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, if you can't explain anything to a three-year-old kid, that's what he said. That means you, you yourself have not understood the problem. <laughs> what I do is, uh, you know, um, to an eight-year-old kid, I can only say that, you know, just like your teacher is teaching you English, mm -hmm. I teach, uh, you know, um, how to manage money, um, uh, you know, and uh, may, uh, not only keep it safe, but also make it grow. That's uh, how, what I teach. Right. I think that's that's the simplest definition which which somebody who's just eight year old can can also understand. Uh, great, great. So, so Rajendra, my next question is: I mean, obviously, you spoke a lot, and you spoke in detail about your journey of 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 how you stepped into this field and how you grew. So, do you uh, remember your initial years, or if you remember any uh, mentors who who whom you learned a lot from? Uh, during uh, when I'm very sure when you started your career, you were not as knowledgeable as you are currently. And how how they treated you? How was their uh, how was your overall experience when when you started working in this in this uh, field? I think uh, you know whichever companies I worked and I worked at uh, you know you you can see that um, I worked in a fairly diverse uh, not only in terms of uh, the. Uh, uh, across financial services as a spectrum, but I also mm. work within, uh, uh, you know, some very complex uh, structures as well as some very simple structures. So uh, I had a fair breadth. But uh, one thing across who I worked and who were my seniors or colleagues, I think the key thing was, you know, they had always had confidence in me. They had full mm. faith, and uh, wherever I worked, I mean, uh, including you know, uh, uh, one can call a highly regimented and structured um, uh, bank like ABN Amro. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I didn't face any resistance to my ideas. In fact, uh, people were very freely accepting that and uh, willing to work uh, alongside and, um, at, uh, you know, uh, possibly because they felt that uh, um, what I was uh, stay saying was really, I uh, had uh, the good of the organizations I worked for at, um, you know, um, at large and uh, as well as, you know, the fact that I would uh, be able to, uh, you know, whatever I say, I say with a fair degree of preparation and conviction in terms of what needs to be implemented. 
i think there was a, a fair degree of uh, i would say you know i haven't um, faced a situation where uh, i um uh, you know uh, had to encounter a lot of resistance to what i was uh, telling or the way i had to conduct uh, my role or job so i think um, everywhere i think including um, the fact that we had an external investor in our company called trust putters mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't uh, that people were very very um, uh, intrusive in any of the activities that we did i think uh, uh, i uh, maybe i am fortunate or maybe you know uh, that's uh, uh how i worked uh, with all these constraints and still managed but uh, uh, as a maybe a skill uh, sk- skill or a competency i am not sure uh, partly i think uh, also luck but i i think i worked with the right set of people all all, all, all along right 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 and and rajinder now talking about uh, your journey in into entrepreneurship uh, i mean uh, nobody when you when you are a kid nobody dreams that they will become an entrepreneur probably this entrepreneurship dreaming has also come in last few years when we have in fact glamorized entrepreneurship so do you remember uh, that that incident or that last moment which on which you decided that now it's time for me to get into entrepreneurship yeah that, that, so, yeah in fact let me tell you very contrasting you know while i would say that uh, i mentioned that my school days were pretty uh, you know non descriptive at that point in time Hmm. but uh, i think i i need also need to point out that um, you know uh, uh, and partly i think when i am reflecting that it's all coming back to me in that sense hmm. that um, in fact uh, at a uh, you know uh, not at the school level but at the community level and at the local um, you know uh, amongst the friends within the uh, area that you live i i think i had the initiative to start uh, a library you know uh, for the community and uh, which was a very nominal subscription based where uh, we used to uh, have our pocket money and we used to uh, invest those pocket money into uh, pooling uh, resources and uh, getting books and not only that i think our grandfather's uh, legacy we were left with a fair amount of classic books and uh, you know classical books and uh, really one of uh, some of those which uh, um, uh, we really cherish reading um, uh, them and i think that uh, as i mentioned to you i was a voracious reader reader during the uh, childhood days so we started this um, library so that uh, you know is a tinge of i would say uh, entrepreneurship in that sense uh, um, uh, and uh, also the fact that you know it's uh, not about really profit that you are looking at but really looking at in terms of the impact that it causes to the community or uh, the people you serve i think uh, uh, these were the two essential combinations now when i grew up grew up that i had um, uh, set up so i don't think it was um, uh, profit by any means motive that we set up uh, the uh trust plutus i think that had a very genuine motive we identified what's the weakness in the current models and mm. tried to see that uh, we could fix them um, in uh, trust plutus uh, wealth managers to the best uh, um uh, possible extent i think um, yeah uh, and then of course uh, you mentioned about uh, uh, at what uh, uh, you know uh, what point did you uh, manage and i would say that it was at a fair degree of i would say inflection point that was happening because uh, rbs itself was winding down operations so mm-hmm. i had a decision to make whether to be an entrepreneur or whether to uh, join another bank and uh, mm-hmm. i decided that uh, it doesn't make sense for me again to uh, do doing the same thing in another bank so i said uh, let me then uh, say explore ways if i can uh, set up uh, my own business yeah right 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 so so interesting discussions happening with rajinder guys those who are listening to this podcast keep listening i'll try to get as much wisdom as i could 
in next few minutes from rajender so uh, so as as we go deeper into into the conversation rajender my uh, what what i wanted you to help is is so there are a lot of young listeners who listen to this podcast there are lots of students uh, who want into who want to get into entrepreneurship so uh, before we get into the deeper conversation what are your top 5 myths which you would like to bust right away before we we get on on to uh, the conversations which which are even even deeper so that people who think that it is all about glamour can can probably move out now and and not not uh, waste the time uh, when you move away i think uh, the first thing is that never take anything for granted in uh, entrepreneurship things change very fast and very dynamic and uh, you need to be agile always and uh, uh you know uh, and uh, you, uh, you have to be uh, very well prepared for that so don't come uh, uh, to uh, a business uh, blindly because uh, you might I, i think there is always this you know that you have one exciting idea and that idea is going to influence the entire world i think that notion needs to be uh, kind of um, um, uh, completely rubbished straight away and uh, the fact that you know this idea of yours uh, can might be brilliant um, uh, as an idea but uh, to put it into use you need to segment you need to target you need to have a proof of concept you need to drill it down to the um, uh, end customer right to the uh, uh, you know finer details and then uh, you know um, uh, look at it by testing it uh, on the market many people don't do it and uh, that's where they fail the other thing i think is that uh, over optimism on i think we as humans suffer from an optimism bias and that leads us to uh, a sense that uh, you know um, uh, in terms of uh, not working or uh, uh, scaling up uh, projections uh, correctly and often we end up on the wrong side uh, and it's um, you know it's and i have seen that uh, not only that uh, i think there is also a bias in terms of projecting um, cash flows uh, and people underestimate the uh, kind of investment that goes into a business and mm. um, and uh, i think this underestimation uh, um uh, happens not just as a narrow uh, you know a, a deviation but a fair amount of a wide deviation so i think uh, um one needs to build a various kinds of scenarios uh, in terms of projecting um, your business or uh, thing the other one is it's not easy to get an investor an investor uh, even if you get an investor you need to uh, you need to do your own due diligence about whether the investor fits into your kind of a business profile or not um uh, because um, and don't go and grab just because somebody is willing to write a check because uh, the investor's philosophy is to be completely aligned with your business philosophy else you know you would have a lot of uh, i think uh, uh, frictions uh, and uh, it will completely distract you away from uh, the uh, business and uh, you know ultimately i think your goal is to see that the business runs smoothly and here you are spending a lot of time uh, discussing uh, uh you know uh, uh, non business things with your investor and that's really very distracting so i think these are some of the issues that i would um, say for a young entrepreneur to be very wary of and um, and i hope uh, you know uh, uh, people give enough credence to all these points uh, before they launch uh, their own business mm-hmm. i think uh, a very important point which rajinder has just mentioned to all of you who are listening this is don't just get into don't just do something because somebody is is giving you a check look at what you want to do uh my my next question to you is uh uh so you have seen uh the whole financial industry growing in past few years and 
I'm very sure that you have you have seen multiple changes in it. But who are those people who's uh, whom you admire admire into business domain? Now these people can be in your industry or they can be from other industry as well or whom you uh, look up to. Or I'm sure you must have also met some of those big uh, uh, big shots as well. So if you could tell us about one of those meetings as well, if if you have met one of your idols also in, in business domain. Yeah, so I have uh, met uh, quite a few in my uh, domain, uh, you know, mm. whom I, I would say that uh, um, I do very well in their uh, business art. Mm. I think the first one I would um, consider, um, you know, uh, really um, as one who uh, kind of uh, changed the entire thinking in terms of, uh, you know, uh, uh, more into, uh, uh, you know, less from an execution perspective and more into strategy and leadership perspective. I would give that credit to, I think, Ajay Srinivasan, who currently heads the Aditya Billa Capital Markets. And I had the privilege of working with him um, mm -hmm. during my Prudential ICSA days. And um, uh, then I would say that, uh, uh, yeah, from a you know, wealth management you know, um, uh, industry itself, I would say that you know, there is uh, Himanshu Kohli of Client Associates, who, uh, you know, uh, who was ahead of his time in terms of setting up a completely client-centric uh, business uh, way back in the um, uh, early 2000s, uh, I believe. I mean, almost a two-decade uh, enterprise now. I think, um, uh, I mean, if you want me to pick, uh, there are many others, but I think uh, these are the two I would uh, name at this point in time. Sure. Uh, one from the industry and one from, uh, you know, uh, basically um, uh, my earlier career. And, and you you spoke a lot about uh, you reading during your school days and college days. So I'm sure this, this you will give us a lot of answers on this question. So uh, which are the books which you would recommend uh, on entrepreneurship? That is number one, maybe top five books. And which are your top five books across, I mean, fiction, non-fiction in, in every time which you would recommend all our listeners to read definitely. So from, uh, you know, but this, um, I would say that uh, if you uh, want from beginning in terms of what shaped uh, my, um, you know, uh, early days, I would recommend uh, the autobiographies of Charlie Chaplin and the biography of Nelson Mandela. Uh, Charlie Chaplin's is an eponymous, uh, eponymous book. I think it's called Charlie Chaplin itself. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's, uh, I believe, is an um, autobiography. And uh, then Nelson Mandela's A Long Walk to Freedom is, mm -hmm. I think, um, a very good book uh, as well to understand uh, the person who really shaped the, uh, I think, uh, 20th century and, uh, uh, you know, uh, who, uh, you know, in, uh, kind of uh, shirked any um, element of revenge or anything like that and wanted to make uh, South Africa a very progressive nation despite all the pain, um, yeah, you know, he himself uh, bore uh, and uh, he himself had to, uh, you know, uh, undergo and uh, he was uh, imprisoned. But uh, he, uh, he bore no Ill will, uh, Ill will to everyone. I think uh, these are some of the, um, um, uh, you know, books from the early uh, uh, side, I would um, uh, say I would recommend. But uh, the others, uh, I would say from, um, I think the recent um, the books that I uh, have read, I would recommend uh, Loon Shots, I think, um, a book by Safi Baikal, who talks about um, uh, really innovative ideas and how these innovative ideas actually uh, come about and at what point in time they really come about. Then I think uh, another thing that can shape an entrepreneur's decision-making uh, skills is uh, mental uh, models. Uh, this is by Shane Parish. I think uh, that's a great book to have again. And uh, the 
this is another book uh, that uh, really had me um, uh, uh, you know very impressed and uh, from uh, really the um, uh, thing about uh, um, uh, you know some of the um, things about uh, startups i think the book that one should read is hard thing about hard things i think oh, that's a pretty yeah. essential book uh, by ben horowitz it also mm-hmm. talks about you know how capital is not infinite it gives you stories about uh, uh, you know um, how people go about thinking capital is always available and then they uh, you know completely fail at that idea then i think uh, the other books that um, really helped me uh, is uh, the everything store it's uh, about amazon mm-hmm. i think one should uh, read about how amazon really uh, you know uh, started out and uh, how it kept on improvising and it's not that you know it never hit a, a time where it was even threatened by a, by its own uh, you know survival but it's uh, still uh, managed to turn around and uh, become a thriving business then another book um, uh, that um, is good for entrepreneurs is uh, shoe dog by phil knight um, that's i think another uh, uh, book i would definitely um, uh, get going and many entrepreneurs typically are not very organized and structured you know them and so for them i would recommend a, a book by carl newport called deep uh, deep work so that mm. would um, arrange them to prioritize uh, uh, their work and um, get them to um, uh, you know uh, really organize uh, in terms of what is urgent what is important etc so these mm. are some of the books i think um, uh, that would uh, get, you know one should get at least uh, started with and then uh, you know one uh, if one develops a habit of reading then uh, obviously um, uh, it follows you get to read more and more yeah. right 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 uh, uh rajnavi also spoke about and in fact you mentioned about this that that you were uh, uh, when you were working and there were a lot of stress and you had to quit and you you thought that i will start something of my own and this is the the darker side of of uh, not just entrepreneurship but also about work life balance so uh, everybody talks about only the glamorous part of entrepreneurship about getting funding about that that you know glamorous life but a lot of people don't know uh, that it has it also has lot of demerits like stress depression and and lot of other things which which comes with entrepreneurship so uh, my my two quick questions to you is one is uh, how do you cope up with with these because all these things are a part of entrepreneurship no matter how hard you try no matter where you are at, at your life cycle in terms of your entrepreneurship journey but these stress will always be with you how do you cope up with these things and second is uh, what would you recommend uh, people who are facing or or how to overcome stress and depression and and to to sail through uh, this journey as well so my understanding of stress comes is uh, you know when you are dealing with um, uh, things that you don't want to do that's where okay. stress comes in so mm-hmm. uh, you know hard work where you are actually loving something um, um, you know uh, there i i don't see it's very stressful Mm. but at the same time what i should caution is that you know um, you, you should not carry yourself away too much in the sense that uh, you would be working throughout just because you are loving it and you are not sleeping at all i mm. think uh, the key thing is uh, at least have uh, you know uh, my test is that one should have at least um, uh, um uh, 6 hours of sleep and while people talk about 7 to 8 hours but i would mm. say that uh, you know getting 7 to 8 hours uh, in the early days of business is going to be tough but definitely 6 hours i think of quality sleep is uh, highly recommended then do something uh, you know that is away from uh, uh, you know your work but uh, keeps you stress free like um, i do a lot of running or cycling and then of course uh, reading um, mm. many people again you know tend to read um, related to the work uh, or uh, related to the function they are in i would say that you know 
um, uh, widen your perspective and um, yeah, you know just uh, broaden your uh, horizon so that you read something totally different and it doesn't stress you uh, and you you know it's, uh, you are kind of switching off uh, for some part of your uh, life at least from uh, whatever you do on a regular basis so i think these are the three and keep a disciplined life i think um, uh, the other thing is about uh, not keeping a disciplined life irregular habits and irregular uh, work hours so uh, if you try to you know uh, control your work hours um, uh, as well i mean i i, I don't say you work from 9 to 5 but i would say that if you are working from say uh, 8 to 8 um, it's fine as well but uh, the point is that it has to be regular and you can't go about working for 11 or 12 or something mm. like that 8 to 12 to eight itself is well hard and that's perfect right, right right so i think this is again amazing advice so how how is lockdown treating you rajender if you if you're not able to run and and do cycling how how are you doing it so lockdown initially was i think uh, you know just as any change uh, initially um, uh, it uh, tends to be a little awkward because hmm. uh, you, you know you're uh, it's something like uh, you are forced to do something it's not that we have not been indoors at right. times uh, you know i've been also um uh, fair bit indoors as well and um, uh, but uh, over a period i think you like it and you tend to also uh, you know figure out um, how to use your time right. so I, i you know if we say if uh, we are not uh, able to go out of the on the streets i mm. began running i think in the podium itself and i, mm. I know it's a little bit uh, uh, boring uh, just uh, taking multiple iterations when you have to run 10 kilometers or so but uh, mm. you still do it um, so and you get used to it and then the other thing is more importantly you um, because you have more time at home you tend right. to um, uh, you know uh, uh, read more or you know watch some um, uh, you know movies that you missed out um, uh, you wanted to badly see but you missed out so right. these are some of the things that uh, we caught on to and uh, i think um, uh, and now of course you know while uh, there's still some kind of a partial lockdown Uh, you know uh, much of your uh, you got back much of your freedom to uh, right. go about you still don't party or uh, socialize so much but you mm. tend to do almost uh, 90% of your activities so it's not uh, so much of a curtailment anymore right right so so uh, interesting conversations happening with rajinder guys those who are listening to it keep listening and and we'll we'll get more into into details and and you know uh, try to extract more wisdom so so my next question to you rajinder is is uh, again uh, there will be lot of uh, qualities but what according to you are the top 3 qualities every entrepreneur must have to to build a successful career top 3 i think tenacity the ability okay. to withstand in spite of the hurdles is uh, basically very important so you have to be tenacious hmm so uh, the other one is think on your feet because there would be lot of times where you know um, Uh, you would be surprised you would be like uh, as uh, you know i think uh, mike tyson say, says you know uh, everybody has the plan till uh, they are punched on the face so in uh, as an entrepreneur you are punched multiple times not just once mm-hmm. uh, you need to um, uh, think uh, on your feet because your initial plan may not even work at that point in time uh the other one is in terms of um, having um, uh, you know uh, discipline and uh, so not being very wayward in terms of uh, uh your um, uh, capital the way you spend the way you treat your people i think all this mm-hmm. means that you have to have a disciplined and a consistent approach right 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 and and my and coming to to the end of of the podcast and there i have two hypothetical questions for you uh question number 1 is uh, if if 
you can get into a time machine and if you could go back to any time in your life uh, what where will you go and uh, what changes will you make and second question is in the same time machine if you could go ahead 10 15 years and where do you see yourself uh, doing and and what do you think you would be doing no i don't think uh, i i don't have uh, too many regrets that i need to go back in time machine and uh, kind of fix it because i looked at everything from um, you know uh, you know uh, from the mindset of uh, learning each uh, with each step that i uh, take so i i don't have any regrets in terms of uh, going there and fixing things and um, mm. i'm sure even if uh, my life was not perfect Uh, mm. I would still, uh, you know, let it run the way it is, and uh, you know, learn through that, rather than uh, you know trying to fix something. And uh, I have my lessons in, uh, you know, uh, through movies like Back to Future, etc., where mm-hmm. these things really don't work. Mm. And uh, the other one is if I go back, um, go forward in time and uh, look at, uh, I would say that uh, you know, if um, you know, uh, from now on, if I am able to create a greater impact in the community that I am um, part of. Uh, in whichever way either by you know um, uh, ensuring uh, that um, yeah, there's a greater degree of understanding of um, uh, uh, you know uh, how to uh, prepare for the future as an entrepreneur mm. or uh, you know as a uh, investor or a saver and um, yeah, to that extent if i have been uh, in a way contributed uh, to somebody's uh, 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 wealth creation or uh, you know realization of goals or you know educated them in terms of uh, you know making um, uh, savings the right way then i uh, i consider my life um, pretty well fulfilled great great it, it was such an amazing uh, time talking to rajendra and i think uh, all the listeners who who listen to this conversation will also learn a lot uh, if if uh, the listeners want to get in touch with you how can they contact you well they can contact me on twitter at uh, rajkalur and i'm also on linkedin uh, if you type in rajendra kalur uh, i think uh, you'll get to my profile so these are the two uh, ways in which i keep uh, in touch with my uh, with the people yeah. sure 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 so thanks a lot rajendra thank you again for uh, coming on this podcast and and sharing your wisdom with with all of us thank you once again yeah thanks abhishek it's been a pleasure and thanks for having me and uh, hope uh, you know um, uh, this uh, discussion has been useful thank you sure sure thank you thank you guys and you can follow me at digital micropreneur on facebook and instagram and i'll be back next week with a new guest thank you rajender thank you everybody